0: Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's Word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for Him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things one person one place at a time and our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that thanks for being with us let's jump in hey everybody it is garen and jordan and uh we have a great message from yesterday to talk about we're so excited but before we even do that uh garen are you a chiefs fan now because they're playing so well are you ready to jump ship over to them
1: yeah, I tell you, you you uh, you beat a team from Miami, uh, in negative ten weather. I mean, that's that's the greatest achievement ever in the NFL. So you've got to go with that. Sensing a little tongue in cheek there, Garen. Yeah, I'm just not sure. I'm, I think most anybody could have beat Miami that day in that kind of weather. So. I don't think I've ever Kudos seen
0: it. The, they had a good game, but they still, did. But and they're putting it together. Yeah, but I've never seen a team. Not want to be on a in a game so badly as Miami. You could just see they wanted no part of that. Yeah, it was it's, kind of funny
1: to watch. Before the game, because I, I saw some pregame stuff and then it went off because it was on Peacock. But they were trying to act like they were all hyped and excited. Mm-hmm. But you uh, knew, you knew. <laughs> I mean, you said what they left ninety degree weather in Miami. Yeah, when they got, I read, I heard when they got on the
0: plane out of Miami. It was 90 degrees and they landed in Kansas City. was negative 10. So 100 degree shift. 100
1: degree shift in, in, Yikes. in temperature. But those Chiefs,
0: they they were born in the cold, man. They're ready for it. So that's their advantage. Yeah.
1: And Mahomes, he that guy plays good in the cold. So that guy's, he always brings it. You got to yes. respect that guy.
0: Well, you're, just, you're wearing your Chiefs hoodie today. So I just wondered if you would <laughs> switch teams or just kidding. Garen hasn't, hasn't switched sides yet. They win one more game. Maybe he'll switch sides. Yeah, one more game, maybe. Yeah, one more. Maybe. Okay, we got to talk about what really matters because yesterday, Garen, you brought this uh, kind of untalked about topic to us a little bit, and it's about the persecuted church. And I just wonder why, you know, it was what, negative 20 wind chill, something? I mean, it, it was hard to get to church, you know, so what you teach really has to matter and really has to like be worth it. So- you got us out of bed for the uh, for the persecuted church. Why was this such a heavy uh, topic that it was worthy of stage time, and then also just worthy of us getting to church in such
1: cold weather? Why is this? Why does this matter so much? Yeah, I think uh, because the the story I told that I've told a couple of times that having heard. Joseph Tone come speak in our chapel. And it wasn't the Liberty, the big chapel of the whole school. It was the seminary one, which was a lot smaller audience, and we even got to sit around and talk to him. And he hung around the seminary all day. He hung in the lounge. And I just was so impacted by his story, what happened to him. I was still relatively young believer, but I had no clue that stuff. I mean, you knew stuff wasn't going, you know, people were imprisoned in communist areas, but I had no clue about the systematic persecution of the church. So that was all new, and it struck me so deeply. Um, I made a commitment. I was always going to be aware of that and do things to stay aware and to be up on it and to pray for that. And then when you work with international students, you're working with people who come from countries that experience it. And then you have people that go home. And we had a girl who went home and started going to a church in Beijing, and they ended up shutting it down, arrested the leaders. They brought everybody, and she got questioned multiple times in a police station. And even got, even they said, and we see you email regularly with, uh, it was Brandy and me. Mm. They even knew her emails. They had copies of them and they said, what's your connection to these mm-hmm. people? So when, you, when you're around it in that way too, it just makes it like sink in that that's the reality a lot of places. Yeah. So.
0: And you said that your um, fire and your desire to. To remember and to love the persecuted church kind of started back in was it graduate school for you with that professor? Uh-huh. How do you say his last name? Sone. Sone. Okay. Uh-huh. So so Joseph Sone. Yeah. Share briefly again what what his impact on you was for people that weren't there because this is such an, a meaningful story and it makes sense that this is kind of where your fire
1: for this whole thing comes from. Yeah, he just told his story that he they kept trying to shut down the churches and then he somebody in his church started making. Audio cassette recordings. Remember those old? I mean, we had them, Maybe you don't remember the old cassette recorders. Yeah, I did for your birthday, right? Somebody would record his sermons, and then they would they would go home and they would using two of them would make copies, and they were secretly distributing all through Romania. And the police would would get a hold of them somehow, and they would come arrest him, and they'd say, "You can't be doing this," and they'd put him in prison, and they'd. They'd pressure him and say, we're going to, you know, kill you or your family. And he just told us the stories of how they'd let him out eventually. And I just loved his faith because he, they'd say to him, you know, we're going to kill you if you don't stop. And he'd say, oh, actually, that's the best thing you can do is kill me. Go ahead. That'd be great. So they're like, well, they, had, they knew they had no leverage there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what they tried. They had no leverage on him. And just to hear his faith just really struck me. And, and then him saying that when he came to America to realize that, very few Christians even knew or cared or yeah. prayed. We, it's, and we, it isn't like we know and don't care. It's we don't care because we don't know. Right. And so he was like, it, it, how much that discouraged him. And he was challenging all of us, knowing most of us would probably be in ministry to carry the persecuted church with us. So yeah, that, that really impacted me a lot. Yeah. And that is so
0: heartbreaking to think there are people overseas who are really living under persecution And like, I I think part of the story that maybe you, you just didn't mention here, but I've heard you talk about it before is he said they would be in prison or they would be under house watch and they would have no food. And they, they would think, well, the American Christians, the Western church is praying for us. You know, we feel, we feel their prayers. We know they're with us. And then he comes here and he's like, well, actually like you guys don't even know what we're going through. And just like, man, there's so much happening in the world that we're not even aware of. Yeah. And so how important is it that we are aware of those things? And not just like, oh, okay, now I know that. But to actually commit to, what does Romans twelve fifteen say? To mourn with those who mourn, right? Uh-huh. To think about the body of Christ globally and what we're going through. It's so easy in the Western church in America to just think, you know, this is my fishbowl. And so this is what it's like everywhere. Yep. And um, the world is a lot bigger than Emporia, a lot bigger than America. And so
1: we just gotta be yep. aware Most of the Christians are out of the West. Most, I mean, outside Latin America, Africa, Asia is the predominance. So we're the the minority. We're the minority,
0: right? We're the minority. You said the typical Christian is of non-European descent and is being persecuted right now. Yeah. That's what a typical Christian in the world looks like statistically. So we are the minority. And yet sometimes in my head, it's like, well, this is what it's like everywhere. Yeah. And we got to open up our eyes a little bit and say, no, like we've got a really good, you know? Yeah. You showed us that persecution continuum. And um, on the left side, it was like the lowest level of persecution. Like maybe somebody looks at you wrong because you're wearing a Jesus shirt or maybe you asked to pray for someone and they, you know, they turn you down or mock you or something, you know, right. And over here on the far right side, it's like, like Joseph, right? So we're going to kill you if you don't stop talking. I mean, real threatening stuff and how Christianity exists on this continuum. And uh, sometimes we think our quote unquote persecution is real persecution. And not to say that's not hard because it is hard for yeah. us, but that way more extreme stuff exists outside America and is probably way more common than what we're yeah. going through.
1: Yeah. And as our culture secularizes, there is, uh, we can feel a change in people's approach and feelings towards the Christian faith, but it is nothing compared to the rest of the world. And that's why I'm even uncomfortable using the word persecution here. You know, people talk about I'm being persecuted. hmm I think we use that too loosely, especially when you know the reality somewhere else. So it's like, you know, we still, I can still go pretty much anywhere I want and say anything I want. And I don't worry about Mm -hmm. people aren't going to beat me up or burn my house down or something. I I have no fear of any of that. What was the last time you really
0: felt, let's not use the P word, but like, what's the last time, Garen, you felt like you were looked down on for your faith or it really cost you something in that way?
1: (laughs) I think I was in Texas at Waco and, was going to a, a conference every morning. And so I kept stopping by the Starbucks and the, the one particular barista, um, the first day asked me this really interesting question. He said, I have a question for you. And so he asked me. And then the next day he goes, hey, he said, you should ask me an interesting question. Mm. And I said, okay. And I said, "That's I'll, let me think about it. And I knew I was going back. And so the next day I said, you know, the question I want to ask you is something that, Somebody really important to me asked, and it was Jesus. And he said, What is it worth? Is it, what's it worth to lose the, to gain the whole world but lose your soul? Oh, yeah. I said, That's a really good question. But as soon as I said it, he, I could kind of tell, like, he didn't want to, conversations, you know, not, he didn't roll his eyes, but you could just feel, Mm. and all I was doing was just trying to plant a gospel seed of some kind, right? Put a little rock in his shoe, pebble. And, but you could tell if I'd gone back the next day, he would have had somebody else serve me probably, or you could just feel like, yeah. But that's it. I mean, it's
0: whatever. It's you know what the cool part of the gospel is, is that that was still a successful interaction in God's eyes because you were obedient to do it. Yeah, and who knows
1: where that guy is now? Yeah. I and mean, maybe God used right it in some and way. you right. But that I mean, that's that's about it. Yeah, that's as extreme as it gets for me. Right is somebody in a Starbucks mm-hmm. looks at you funny. Did your coffee taste weird that day? Was it like... <laughs> well, no, if I'd gone back the next day, that's yeah. when it would have would have little you different. He handed you the
0: coffee before you spoke the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, but the reality is that's kind of a, the max that most of us are going to deal with, right? Yeah. So um, let's talk about some stats of Christian persecution in 23 because we're in the new year now. So those things are wrapped up. So one in seven Christians worldwide is persecuted. Uh, one in five in Africa, two in five in Asia. Were... And,
1: and those are high level. And that's, yeah, high, that's, that's high level.
0: level. So yeah. how would you define high level?
1: That's that where you more are. Than a, more than an uncomfortable It's Starbucks more than an uncomfortable feeling. It's that you can lose a job over it. You mm. um, can lose family over it. Um, yeah, you're at risk of something happening to your church or when you're worshiping, it's a risky thing. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to think about. Maybe next time we divide our church into seven sections and be like, you, you seven over there, that's the equivalent of the people that are mm. in extreme persecution. Some kind of a visual would be really yeah, cool. Something to like help that. people yeah. feel it to get creative in that way. <sighs> I should have done that maybe in the future, like two out of five in Asia. Like that would have been easy. We have five sections. Right. I could have been that two
0: point. of you sections are yeah. persecuted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did say you want to do this regularly, right? So yes. like, we so can maybe in the future we'll have again. to do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and we could literally
1: do it. Like we could be, like beating on those people in those oh, sections. well,
0: we got to make it real, yeah. Yeah, we got to make it So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, this joke's going to get really dark really fast, so we need to yeah. move on. Well, like the one. Puritans, you know, they used to have that
1: thing, and if you fell asleep, they'd knock you on the head. No, what is that? Oh, you didn't hear about that? Yeah, yeah. I'll have to show you. They had a... Uh, oh. Uh, a feather on one end, they'd tickle a woman's nose if she fell asleep. it was a guy, they had a ball in the end, they'd whack him on the head. So, in like school or something? No, or in at church? church. At church in the early... Oh, I'm all about that. Yeah. Let's institute that, Garen. <laughs> so maybe, yeah. Anyways, but we could do something to make it more visual. That that would be a good idea.
0: Yeah, maybe without the physical abuse. Yeah,
1: without the abuse yeah. though.
0: Just for the new people's sake. Yeah, maybe
1: they just don't get coffee that morning.
0: we we'll say, sorry, you can't have coffee. Ah, uh, there you go. All right. We're, we'll, we'll hone that in in the next year. Um, some more 2023 stats. So 5,600 people killed for their faith, a little over, but that's the rough number. And then a little over 21 churches attacked in 2023. So it's out there. It's happening. We wouldn't necessarily know it. I mean, I think you could probably feel it. And even some conversations you had afterwards yesterday that, you know, you mentioned these things and people are like, what? Yeah. It's just not a part of our, uh, world. And yeah. so we don't see it or think about it. Yeah. I had
1: one couple tell me, we're on a lot of Christian media. They said, we don't ever hear this. Hmm. Like big Christian, I, and they didn't go into all the details, but they're like, we never hear this. Even on Christian media. Yeah. Wow.
0: So talk about just a few reactions maybe that people had after your message yesterday. Some things that were said or you observed. Yeah.
1: That one thing is like, thanks so much because I've not heard that. Um, another Couple who are relatively new to 12th, because I've done this before. This is the third time I've done it. Who were like, We had no clue. We've never heard this, mm-hmm. how valuable it was. There was another couple that just sat there who I talked to briefly, and they said, Man, that is so impactful. And they were thinking about that last question of, Do I have the kind of faith that we get persecuted? Right. And they sat for quite a long time just thinking and praying. And so. Let me follow up on that real quick. So you were going to kind of
0: jump around a little. But you ended with that question of, you know, if we were under a, you know, rule of of another entity and they said that we could not be Christians, would you have the kind of faith that stood out enough for you to be persecuted? Or do you have the kind of faith that they wouldn't even see you? Yeah. So with that, what are you calling us to there? Are you calling us to like, I don't know try and get persecuted in some way? Yeah. Or what's the what's the no, goal not, of
1: asking that not question? Not calling us to be obnoxious, but I think just is Jesus living in you and through you that it just flows out of you because that's what the Christians are like in those places. Yeah. And it's just, it's the reality of who you are. And so you're not afraid to... To, to let people know you yeah. follow Him. Again, it's not an obnoxious way, but I also think even Christians up there, they continue to want to share their faith with people. Yeah. And they do that knowing that that thing in particular, that's kind of what, what God once said. If you don't ever share your faith with anybody, I mean, who cares, right? If you mm-hmm. just keep it private to yourself which I think a lot of us would understand. It's, it's We're afraid of even sharing our faith with our coworkers. But up there, people are like, I am called to share the good news of Jesus, every single one. And so as I get to know this friend, I'm going to share it with them. But I do it at a risk that they may be somebody that will turn me in. Mm. And if I get turned in, you know, my house gets attacked by a mob or something. Yeah. So just that they, they take seriously following Jesus and the command to, to spread the good news.
0: Why is it so hard for us to be bold in sharing the name of Jesus when the biggest thing we're going to come up against is an eye roll or an awkward moment? Like, this could be totally off. But to me, it almost seems easier to share the gospel when my life is on the line than when an awkward situation is on the line. Does that make sense at all? Why
1: is that? Yeah, I don't know. Good question. What do you, what do you feel that too? Or am I? I mean, we all, nobody wants to... You know, it's all rejection of some kind for them. It's you getting beat up kind of rejection for us. It's just right. somebody—I don't know. It's. I mean, I heard somebody the other day, just somebody in the media, who said Americans have become like marshmallow men. Mm. And is it just that we're, we've we been in such an easy culture to be a Christian Yeah. that an eye roll really cuts us deeply? Mm. And it's like, so I don't want to share because I don't want to experience that. Mm. But if I'm over there— and it's my life. Like, idols rolls don't matter.
0: Right. You know, you said during your—we keep coming back to this identity series that you did, like, years ago at this point. But something you said was so profound there that when we—how'd you say it? We identify our idols by, you know, when there's a big mm, emotion. Right. That we pull that up and our idols are dangling by yeah. the roots. So, like, if the way people view us or yes. being liked— Maybe, you know, if you mess with that and that gets, that's really hard for us. Maybe we pull it up and dangling at the roots is like this idol of, yes. you of, know, of acceptance approval. or acceptance approval. Acceptance and approval, right. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought about yeah. that, but maybe there's that's something a, to that for us. Yeah. Because it is a high value in our culture, you know. Yes, it is. It needs to be well-liked and well-viewed. I mean, that's and, from
1: social media. You get likes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, our whole culture the, curren-
0: the currency of our, of our day, So really. it's all
1: worth thinking about. I'm glad you're asking these questions of like, why is it so hard for me?
0: Well, you got me coffee this morning, so my brain is <laughs> it's functioning running, very running efficiently running a, for ten AM. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I bet I'm talking way faster than I think. <laughs> People are have to slow this down to like 0. 0.5 <laughs> yeah. to really hear what I'm saying. Okay. All this is kind of born out of, you know, you mentioned Romans twelve fifteen, that we mourn with those who mourn,
1: right? Yep. And because still what still struck me so profoundly that day is when Joseph said, we We're committed to obeying that. So we would rejoice with you. Right. And then we came here and found out you didn't mourn with us. And you didn't even mourn with us. And I'm just it just so powerfully struck me. Yeah. Yeah. is he still alive? I think he's still alive. I think I looked him up a couple of years ago and he was he's still around. I think we got to score him for missions conference or something. Wouldn't that that be be cool huge? Or even like one of these Sundays. Having to bring him in for a persecuted that would be a great. Yeah, I'll let people hear his story. And That'd be neat. Good idea. I
0: might have to hunt him down. He'll be like, oh, Garen from grad school. He was so swirly. <laughs> always talking about KU yeah. basketball, never getting his papers in on time. That's the kid that came in and like t- talked to me for an hour and wouldn't shut up like, <laughs> in the lounge. Uh, like Was always trying to recommend books to me. <laughs> I think that, that time alone would be enough to get people here. Okay. And then you kind of, your, your text was really revelation two when Jesus is writing these letters to these seven churches. And, uh, and then you talked about what you learned from those letters, right? That, uh, that our world, you know, persecution is going to be inevitable and that Satan is behind the spiritual opposition that we face. Yep. You learned about our Lord, that Jesus, um, he knows us and he knows our situation, right? He's El Roi, He sees us. None of this goes unknown to him, yep. that he's with us, that he's sovereign, that he has the final word. Right, that's really what revelation is—is is uh-huh. a book of hope. Yes,
1: a letter of hope. Yep. Um, so he's he's telling these churches, like, I know you're in the middle of it, but I want you to have the ultimate hope. Right. Of who I am and who you're, who you're following. Yeah.
0: And then uh, you know our reward, like you just said, that despite our our losses for His sake, that we're going to gain eternity. And then you talk about Romans eight eighteen yeah. there. So, um, yeah, it, it was once again just well rooted in the text and everything was so good. And I think sometimes we don't read that stuff a lot because Revelation's scary to us or we, you know, gloss over it or whatever, but there is such good relevant stuff that is written to us there.
1: And the whole book of Revelation was written to the persecuted church. So I thought this is a great place to go to to just learn some things about persecution from the word of God. So,
0: yeah. And then we kind of moved on to Nigeria in specific. And you had um, some stats about Nigeria, which were just really like, wow, I yes. almost want to fact check those because yeah. it's so unbelievable. You said that 90% of Christians that were killed for their faith in 2023 lived in Nigeria. 93, 90%,
1: yep, a that little is, over 5,000. That
0: is wild. I would have guessed a few other places before. Yeah,
1: that's what you, if you were just guessing, you'd be, and a lot of the countries you tend to would have guessed maybe some countries in the Middle East or the part of Asia, you know, Southern Asia, you would have guessed those. Um, mm mm-hmm. But it's really Nigeria where it's just, it's happening outright and the government is like doing nothing about it. So,
0: and that's why, I mean, uh, that was my next question is why Nigeria? So in your, in your assessment of it, it's because there's no retribution for people doing these things. Yep.
1: The government totally, that's one thing in the material about Nigeria. It's what they got. Those guys said is the government absolutely does nothing about it. I mean, it's been an Islamic government for quite a while because they're a little bit in the majority. And so the president will not acknowledge that that's happening. He won't send troops to protect those areas. He won't seek justice when that happens. Like uh, the story Timmy told of that that woman who was burned to death for her faith. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who did it had their cameras. They made video. The guy who set the fire, they saw—you know exactly who he is and the government never— mm. Apprehended him. Never did anything to him, hmm. and that was like four or five years ago. She said, and still nothing has been done. So what blows my mind about that is that you said half
0: the population is Christian, though. Yeah, forty six percent. So how I just don't get that how half of a country could be of a religion and yet they have no rights, yeah, or anything. It's but it's just because
1: the leadership is well because Islam is fifty two percent. So they've they've you you have a vote, and they're and if everybody shows up, they're going to win every time.
0: Yeah. And in the leader, you said um, is Muslim, right? So they uh-huh. they side with that.
1: And in the past, things. usually, because there was a high percentage of Christians, he'd pick as a vice president a Christian, mm-hmm. usually. But um, they told me the other day that this time he picked he picked a Muslim for the vice president, and that's even new. So there's that growing. And again, he is not an ex- he's not extreme in his faith. They said he comes from the West, where that tends not to be that way, but. He still—he has a blind eye to all of it mm-hmm. in the government. Not just him, but they said the governors will not do anything about it in those areas. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what level of government. If that happens, everybody keeps their mouth shut. Mm. They don't do anything to protect people. Man. And then this is all
0: pretty unreported stuff, right? I mean, like you said, if this was happening in America, it would be front
1: page oh, everywhere. Yeah. If—because if, um, I just looked it up. 62,000 Christians in Nigeria killed since 23. 2,600 a year? If that were, hap- that's the average. If in America, 2,100 churches are getting blown up and, you know, or every year, how many, I'm trying to remember how many last year, I forgot. But um, if that's happening here every year, like stuff's going to happen, right? We're going you, you, to demand stuff. The government would do stuff, but they live in a place where that doesn't happen.
0: So how do we, I mean, we don't want to be people that live in the dark, Garen. So how do we stay informed about stuff like this?
1: Yeah, I think it's that open doors is probably the best resource to do. That's why, you know, we gave the prayer cards mm-hmm. is the challenge. You know, I think the last time I did this, the card I had all year was Yemen. And I prayed, and I know some students from Yemen. I pray a lot for, the, for Yemen. I got Malaysia for this time, and we have some people there on the ground. And so, you know, gonna, th- so it's praying about it regularly. I have, you know, having it in your Bible— Um, Open Doors has a monthly prayer calendar you can print off and Mm -hmm. you're praying for a different country or a different group of people every day. Um, That's just the way to kind of keep that awareness going. Is that what
0: that link on the website is? You said Uh we created a landing spot so Some of the
1: landing spots, the links on there will take you to those places that you can make sure that you're informed because we are very Mm ill-informed. And like, so example, the Christmas Day massacre, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, almost 200 killed, over 500 injured Uh, 60 communities, I think it was, over there. And it didn't even make any of my American news feeds. Mm -hmm. That should make news feeds, right? Yeah. I had to find that on British News. And I asked those guys, I said, when did you first hear about it? And they said, like, right after it happened, our friends, it's just, it's blowing up all over our social media in Nigeria that that had happened. But, like, things like that happen, and we don't even know, aren't even aware. So... I don't think you want to tell people what
0: news to listen to or not listen to. That's not the name of the game here is to say, hey, don't listen to these guys, listen to these guys. That's not what we're about. But I think you would agree that there's value in not just locking in on one news source and eating whatever they have up, but really diversifying a little bit. Yes. Like you said, I think you mentioned British news, right?
1: And that's how I knew it happened. So It made the British news. It was the top story. Yeah. Top story.
0: So you're not here saying, listen to these guys, don't listen to these guys. But I think the, the plea here is um, be aware that no one news source is going to have everything. And so if we want to know about global things, we've got to diversify a little bit. And that's not saying, you know, take everything as gospel, but just be thinking about where we're getting our news and maybe how to broaden that a little bit. Yep. Try to be aware because that's what we want yeah, to do. We want to support our brothers and sisters globally through prayer. Yeah. And And, and it's all in service of, yeah, just... Knowing how to pray for things it's like knowing that. Knowing how to pray for things. Right.
1: And some might even say yesterday that had become my habit, but this even is going to make a new habit. When Easter is coming the week before Easter, there is always bombings happening in churches on Easter. And so every week before Easter, I'm praying all week, like, Lord, you. there are people right now planning. Can you thwart that? Mm. And when this Christmas one happened, I'm like, okay, I need the week before Christmas mm-hmm. to be praying for the persecuted church because there yeah. are people pl- plotting that. So just little habits like that of like just being aware. Yeah. And what's really cool is last year. Okay, not that God, Lord's answering my prayer. I'm not saying that, but last year there weren't there was not a single church bombed or attacked on Easter for mm. the first time in as long as I can remember. And mm. so that I was just that kind of that. The next day, Monday, I'm checking like, did anything happen? And nothing had happened. I'm like, mm. wow, Lord, thank you for yeah protecting your church. Very cool. Um.
0: Okay, I think we kind of. At the end here, I know that you had two guests on stage. They did a great job, Timmy and Godwin. Godwin, uh-huh. two Nigerians who shared about some experiences in their lives. Um, I know that you met with them before, and you had kind of mentioned that they didn't get to share everything. But so, any stories from either of them that didn't make it to the stage that you found to be impactful? Yeah,
1: you know, Godwin shared it yesterday briefly and didn't go into quite the detail. But his friend, who was an evangelist up in the north, had gone to a village was working, but was also sharing the gospel. And he, the Lord, one day he was in prayer and he felt like the Lord was telling him to leave the city. So he left and that, he mentioned it briefly, but that was the night at midnight that a mob came to kill him mm. and he wasn't there. So they ended up breaking the legs of the, the leader of that church and maiming him and stuff. But um, he, that he just knew a guy who's up there, who's sharing the gospel and who almost lost his life for that. And yeah. then he, you know, I also threw this out to him. He had told me that at that Christmas, he had a friend who was at a village right next to one of the villages that was burned down and Christians killed on that Christmas day attack. And um, they immediately heard of it because they knew the village next door that people came and that had happened. And just to know, hear people that are so close to all of that. Um is really crazy. And then Timmy knows some people who been who live up north who are Christians and how leery they have they are all the time mm. of just that constant knowledge that something may happen to you any day.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine? No, I really can't. Wow. Well, thank you, Garen, for giving them stage time and for bringing this to us. We want to be a church that, like you say, thinks globally, acts locally. Part of thinking globally is being aware of what's going on. So, Yep. Um,
1: and then living out my faith here
0: yeah, and then in a way, way
1: that I would get persecuted if mm-hmm. it were to come to that. And before we leave, I do want to throw out one thing to you. Because when you were in Ethiopia, you, you actually sat across the table and you're mm. looking in the eyes of people mm. who've had this experience, right? Humbling.
0: Yeah, the, the guest house that we stayed at in Ethiopia was always—it was like a hub for missionaries. So they would be brought back in for some reason. Maybe they're on rest or maybe they're doing a training. And this is where they would stay with their families— during that time, and so a couple of days into our journey, I went down for breakfast, and I obviously don't know anybody. so I sat at a table, and this family was sitting there, and I didn't even really engage them. They were kind of talking to someone else already, but I just heard their story. It was a There was a mom and a dad and a few kids, and they had they were Ethiopian and they had just gotten back from Nigeria, and they were just telling, and I didn't hear all the details, but just telling stories of what it was like escaping and what it was like doing ministry there because it was, they were in a, I don't know what part, but they were obviously in a part that was really high on the persecution uh, continuum, right? And, and uh, so, yeah, you come face to face with this sometimes. You're lucky enough to, and it's really humbling and reminds me that I don't want to live in a fishbowl. I want to be aware of all this stuff and be a part of that global prayer movement yeah. to protect God's body. And I'm so honored that we get to partner with uh, the EP, Ethiopian organization that sends those guys out. Yeah. Cali yep. um, Haywit, Word of God Ministries over in, in Addis Ababa. So, the money that we give as, you know, attenders of 12 that goes into the mission fund, that money is passed on to Cali Haywit, and Cali Haywit is using it to support those missionaries that are there in Nigeria and all over that. Yeah. So, it's really cool that we have a foothold there in the 1040 where all this is happening. We get to really have an impact on it with our giving
1: as yeah. well. I remember when you came back and you told that story, the staff, you said something like, you just kind of feel like, or you were like, I have no interest in playing church. Oh man. Right. Because you're like, those people know what it's about. Yeah. They know what
0: it's about. Kind of like Godwin said, you know, the, the, the Christians in the North of Nigeria, they're doing it for real. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So yeah, no interest in just coming and singing nice songs and feeling good and putting on programs because there's way more at stake than, than all that. So. And twelfth is a place I think that values that, and I just I love being here for that reason. Yeah. So thank you for for bringing this to the stage, Garen. Um, we want to be about the things that break God's heart, and this is absolutely on His heart. So I think it was a really worthwhile Sunday. Okay, I think that's it. Good. I think the the challenge here is obvious, right? Grab a prayer card. Are those going to be at the info desk? Maybe yeah. In the next we're going to have next two? week.
1: Get get a bracelet if you can get it to work. Yeah. There's a dude who had a big hand who got his over his hand yesterday. Uh his hand may fall off, but after two <laughs> days, get the loss of blood. But yeah, grab grab a bracelet. I'm still been stretching out mine. So yeah, bracelet, prayer card.
0: Follow that link on our website if you want more info on those countries through opendoor.org and uh be in prayer for what's going on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next week we're beginning a new series. It's exciting. Very excited about it. And so uh the tease is there. Come ready. Yes. Okay. Twelfth, let's, uh, let's not be minority Christians. Let's be the Christians in the majority that are thinking about the persecuted church. Let's not just live in our fishbowl. So go and uh, let's take action to love the kingdom well all over the world this week, not just where we are. See you guys.